0: This podcast right is aimed there. at the veteran community. It one hopes one to recreate a conversation taking place in any NAFI anywhere one. in the world right now. We want to combat so social isolation the by letting the veterans feel part of this conversation. Sense. If you're easily offended, please switch off now. Yes. And if you want to see more, please subscribe to this channel and be part of the community. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Veterans in Crisis podcast. Uh, today we have John Richardson. Uh, John's a local lad. Uh, he's in the RAF, but he started off in the Navy. Uh, welcome, John. Hi. You all right, so sure, yes, Uh So I'm not sure if you've seen any of these, but we'll do a bit of a timeline. Just talk about, obviously, growing up in Sunderland, you know, and then all the way through your career, if that's okay. Yeah. If there's sure. anything you don't want to talk about, just say I'm not talking about. That's yeah. cool about that. So where did you grow up?
1: I grew up down the East End. Right. Uh, when the Goths were there. All right, I remember that I. Right? Um, so I was in the Goths.
0: What Goth? Where? Hey, my sister lived
1: there. Was it? All right. Where I was, there was 108, my nan was 106, my auntie was 104, and my auntie was 102. Aye. So it was a full on family. Where,
0: what, what landing was that then?
1: First. First round.
0: The first when you went up? Aye. My sister was, if you come in across the board's head, uh-huh. there was like the downstairs, but you had to walk up like a, a few steps to get in. She was that one on the corner. All right. I spent loads of my childhood down there. Aye. Loved it. aye, it was sorry, ain't right, it? I loved it. Aye. It was i very family orientated. Aye, you know I know people say it's a high crime, but nobody nicked off each other, did they? No, not at all. <laughs> they no. went further afield for that. Aye, <laughs> brought it round and sold it round the doors. <laughs> round You never get that anymore, do you? No. It's a disgrace. Still don't
1: understand <laughs> why they put them big jars of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what school did you go to down there then? Uh, Hudson Wood Juniors. All right, um, and then went to Thornhill Seniors, uh, but I moved over to. Uh, Dame Dorothy when I was 12 Right Because I'd gone to live with my dad for a year And then my mum had moved from the Garth Over to the Masonettes So I came over this side But still went to Thornhill Right Because my mates were there
0: Bit of an upgrade coming to this side Like in a God's country Posh side, eh? oh, I see, God's country You've got <laughs> everything this side The beach, everything and, top now top. You've got, and now you've got Hendon beach But it's not the same, no, is no. it? It's not the same <laughs> Hasn't got Sue's calf Definitely not <laughs> Definitely not So do, did
1: you like school? Did you excel? I didn't excel Um I enjoyed it, but I was one of them who would always talk too much, and I've still got some of my school reports where it said, John, nice lad, but talks too much.
0: You're going to be brilliant on any of them.
1: <laughs> I, uh, but I enjoyed it, I played a lot of football at school, um, but when I was in the Goths, that's when the warships used to come in, oh, yeah. and that's what made us want to join, so I knew from an early age I wanted to join up, um, so I wasn't really interested in school. If, no,
0: if I wasn't like. the same, I, w- <laughs> I w- I'll, I'll did the least possible to get me marks so I could join the army. Aye. It was just a daft idea because I didn't have like, a plan B, you yeah. know what I mean? So I didn't think of further afield what might happen, but I just wanted to get in. Like. Yeah, yeah. I think when you were a kid, you didn't look that far forward, do eh? you? No. What's what's the point? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: The sailors that like, used to tell all the stories, they had too many stories to uh, to worry about the exams. I just wanted to get on. You them. weren't alone with these sailors, were you, by any no. chance? <laughs> uh, that probably is a bit <laughs> dodgy now. <laughs> it wouldn't be allowed now,
0: mate. No. Were safeguarding on you? <laughs> So, um, you, you moved to God's country, and so I suppose, you, you, you obviously, you're still next to the river, you just over the side?
1: Yeah, so I moved over this side, um, st- like I say, I still went to uh, school over the townway, had a little milk round, um, tried to join up in 92 when I left school, but that was just at the end of First Gulf War, um, so the recruitment had basically stopped, so I went next door to the Crea's office when it was near the duck pond. Oh, Um, and I got a job at Sainsbury's. All right. um, And I went for the interview, and I remember the the HR manager saying, so why do you want to be a baker? And I said, because I'm good in the kitchen. (laughs) I had no idea it was to be a baker. I just thought it was to work in a supermarket. All right. Um, So I got that job, uh, and then with the job comes a bit money, so I start going out in the town, getting a car and stuff, and I forgot about the military for a while. Um, So I was up there for about four years, and we had a bakery manager, so we'd go in at four o'clock, make everything, and then he'd come in at seven and bake it, and he used to burn it all. Um, and I got to a stage where I was either going to Chinham or leave, so I went back to the craze office, which at this point was through Newcastle now, um, and applied for the Navy then, so 20 when I joined. Um,
0: it's a disgrace, there's not a craze office in Sonny, is it?
1: I think it's horrendous, aye.
0: There's this a, a capita, uh, everything's done online, and you know, there's one for the whole northeast North Newcastle, is that? HMS Calliope. Calliope. Yeah. right it's there and it's fucking disgusting because like, the amount of people that join from Sunderland yeah, yeah. we could have one little office you know?
1: I, th- I think the demographics <laughs> 20% of the, no- of the military is from the north east right um, but I've got a bit to do with Calliope and every time I go there's no one to speak to mm. um, and like you say there's there's it's on the, the sort of the river so you've got to get across into Newcastle yep. off the bridge down and if people haven't got access to the internet they're good mm. because you're expected to be
0: well, I've heard that. I've heard young lads and lasses have found this capita, and there uh, you do it online, or you, you speak to someone, and uh, they've said something like along the lines, "Oh, well, I hurt my foot." when I was in no. junior school, Aye. and they went, oh, no, you you kind of get in, like... Uh, you, well, you haven't even seen us yet. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Aye. That's why that's why it's dropping. People are not joining, because he, it's too difficult to get in. Yeah. Where you used to go to the cruise office, you had an old sweat who was normally getting out, yeah. tell you a few war stories, exactly. bring you in, mostly lies. Well, yeah, it's brilliant, you do all this. <laughs> Just sign there, you'd be sorted. Exactly. But that, that was good. The human, the human touch, like, it was good.
1: Aye. I've said that time and time again, so they... Through the career, obviously, you do different courses for promotion and stuff. And I always bang on about the, the sort of the um, recruitment side of it because I do think we've got it wrong.
0: Oh, without um, a doubt, mate. I speak to loads of people serving and veterans and people who want to join and nobody's got a good word to say it about the way it is now, how yeah. to get in. You know, Nick, you haven't got the advice like you used to have. No. You
1: know? I go into like, a few schools. Um, so, like I said earlier, I've been into Barnes and Thornhill. Um and the Thornhill one, I got two lads in last year who both failed or been rejected by the army. Um, one was for uh, psoriasis, and one was because he had braces, and he wasn't sure why. Just keep these trousers up. Aye. Um, and I'd said to him, like he said to me in, the, in this assembly thing, do you, do you know why? And I said, well, the only thing I can assume is that it's maybe it's a hygiene thing when you're in basic training. You mm. might be in the field or something. Um, or some people might join, get the medical work done, then leave have you thought about the RAF? I didn't think I was clever enough for the RAF. <laughs> Why, aye. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you're saying, Joe, because there's not a careers officer to talk to, mm-hmm. if that was there, um, and the two of them's in the RAF now. Aye. Um, I they went through, did the basic training, eh, sorry, the, um interviews and what have you, and I got a text message off the, the teacher from Thornhill to say they were both in. Brilliant, man. So just, Brilliant. just that one interface, like you said. Aye, saying,
0: that's all you need. And what, did you ever find out? Was it because of um, the, the dental treatment? Like?
1: Didn't push it. No. Um, but I know most of them are quite funny and if i think back to when i joined in 96 the uh the letter said if you need any dental work or anything get it done because if you show up and you need it done we'll not accept you Aye. um and i remember at the time i was terrified of the dentist and i went to wilson's and simmons in john street and i got seven fillings i think because i hadn't been for years Aye. and i got down to basic training and the dentist did the like the checkup and he said you've got all the fillings in but the rubbish <laughs> um and he showed us like the x-ray And the filling was in, but there was nothing underneath it. And he basically pulled them all out and put them all back in.
0: (laughs) So he went through it twice. I was going to say, You're out of the dentist now, aren't you? You you and him have been through too much (laughs) together. That's
1: that's the only reason I I think they might have said no. Like I say, I'm speculating. It's
0: it's just a weird weird thing because I know it's got. at the end of the army, I didn't like it, uh-huh. but joining and thinking, I was right into it, like, I, ri- I really wanted to join and stuff, and, and I would imagine getting turned down, uh-huh. if that's something that you've looked forward to all the time, being a kid, yeah. that's going to probably piss you off, like, is
1: it? The teacher said exactly that, mate, because the two of them, that's all they wanted, uh-huh. and they weren't the best at school, she said, they, they, were, they were decent, mm. but because they had that drive to join up, that's what they wanted to do. Uh-huh. Um, and when that was took away from him, in that text message, she said, "When that was took away from me, sort of lost his direction." Right. But just stepping in and saying, "What have you thought about this uniform?" Um, I didn't want to use the word saved him, but
0: right. well, he, yeah, well, you have, you've, you've put him on a career path he's anyway. Got a career, yeah? right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, hopefully, he'll enjoy it. Like, why had a young lad in last week or the week before called Harvey, and they um, I know his parents. He's 19. He joined the RAF <laughs> and he hated it for at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. and there uh, I was just phoning him every night, talking to him over the phone, saying it gets better, you know, I'd be all right by week six. Loves it, you know, he's over the moon with it. Is he the aircraft engineer? Yeah, yeah, I watched that. Uh, you just end up like you get there, it's a bit of a shock, you know? Like me personally, I was 16, I you know, hadn't been away from home, everyone shouts at you, and you know, it, it, it's scary, you yeah. know. And I was just saying to him, I remember me saying, like, yeah. Uh, when do I get some sleep? Aye. <laughs> you, even the IF, you'll get loads. Don't worry <laughs> no. about it. Nine no, <laughs> mean, if you joined the army, you would have got nine. a a nice comfy pillow. <laughs> Aye. So, going back to the bakery, that's a bit weird because I was a baker as well. All right. I left, when I left school at 16, I got a job at Muller's Baker. You know, um, the shops at Sea Road in, in the town and Vallette Road. Mm-hmm. But in Vallette Road, they had the bakery at right. the back. So I did that for a few months and then had a bakery before I started Vicks. All right. Before, well, before I went and worked at the homeless charity. I, I, I loved it. I, I loved did. it. It was hard work, Aye. getting up early and stuff like that, but everyone you made, because you've got spare cakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: well, when I was up there, there was a, there was a guy called Terry, Terry Mulligan, um, and he was a full-term army, retired as a caterer, retired, and he was at the, at the supermarket. And when I first started, the job that I had me on was sugar and the donuts. Well, that would make a ten-minute job last all morning, uh-huh. and he'd be shouting at us, "Get them done!" Off and you sort of giving them the fingers and stuff. And now you think back to yourself; he's done a full career, and he's got this young prat, <laughs> <getting> him him <laughs> I right.
0: one of my jobs was there was uh, like these uh, cake shells, right, and there was like a, a vat of melted chocolate. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, you'd get a brush, thingy that, and then put one side till it dried. Then they would fill them. Yeah, obviously, sixteen-year-old, I was like they guns oh fucking come here have you been eating that chocolate and I was like no he's man you <laughs> I, like, I haven't he goes look in the mirror and it's all my
1: face same story um I'd got on to the shop floor so this is, I could have got sacked for pinching I guess um another beef that you get that you put in the microwave beef right. and gravy got one of them put it in the microwave and when the stories came out I made a beef sandwich and when the this Gordon, the baker uh, manager, came in and he went, have you been eating? No, it's the same, I had gravy. gravy I <laughs> no, 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 slammer that, it mate. <laughs> it's got to be some perks to start Well, right yeah. oh,
0: fucking right, mate. You're right there, like, you're starving, aren't you? You're not hungry at
1: four. Aye. When you get
0: there, you're starving.
1: Especially when you start smelling it all. Aye, well, aye, aye. The smell
0: of bacon is lovely, isn't it? bacon bread in that one, it's lovely. Like, God, I'm hungry now. They so just <laughs> So, you're at... Uh, Senior school, uh-huh. you've left, you've, you went to the bakery, then it's the Navy you joined, yes. right? Aye. So do you want to talk a little bit about the Navy? Because obviously I've just introduced you, as in you in the RF. Uh,
1: the, the Navy, obviously I said, the, the, it came about because the ship used to come right. in, and I used to get all the stories from the from going on and stuff. Um, but I went down at 20, uh, basic training was at rally, so it was eight weeks back then. Um, loved it. I think because you've, you've got it in you that you want to do it, you push a little bit harder, so I remember getting to be class leader after two weeks, which meant I was allowed to go to the naffy for a pint, um, and the rest weren't. So the, there was four classes, and the four class leaders could go for a pint, I'd come back and they're like, what, "What's the ball like? Can I smell your breath and all the rest of it?" Because I think everyone else is allowed Fulton like gravy all round. week seven, <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed basic training. It was—it's a shock when you—you've got like all your ironing and stuff. Right, and I remember they um, used to have a kit muster which meant all your uniform had to be on your bed and it all had to be presented like A4 and the staff would come down like, and put a piece of A4 card yeah. on it and if it was too big it would get launched uh. um, or then like the whole room would get a full inspection and you'd be off doing your drill or whatever you come back and there's like a big looks like just a big bonfire in the room where they'd put everything in uh. the middle it's just to teach you a lesson. It it's is.
0: It happens all the time. I mean, it's weird because you've got a, your big thick jumper has right. got to be the same size as your underpants.
1: Exactly. You know that. what I mean? <laughs> How is that possible? Right. And they're going like, "No, it's got to be the same size." <laughs> Fucking better underpants. <laughs> but one of the one of the good memories I've got like on a morning, you used to get inspected after you've been to breakfast, and our um, our instructor hated creases in the bite of your trousers, so you go to breakfast, come back, and then the ironing boards were all like planks stuck to the walls, so it wasn't like a like a, a movable iron on board. But my class shared a block with the girls. So you'd all be in there, whip your kecks off and you'd be ironing your trousers and there's all the lasses and all that like knickknacks <laughs> and stuff. <Hey. laughs>
0: so like, he, didn't like, he didn't like creases where you had been sitting down or he didn't like the creases coming down?
1: The creases in the back of your knees where you've been sitting uh. So when you, when you walked out first thing, um, you had to be sort of pristine for him. What a bastard. Aye. You um, think
0: back now, you no know what I mean? I wouldn't mind I mean, sitting down.
1: Well, what used to get me was you had a shave on the morning as well. And I didn't need a sh- I was probably three years away from shaving. Aye, same as me, man. But uh, apparently it was to teach you time management, so it was Aye. extra five minutes.
0: You would say, like, uh, if I did, if because I, I didn't need it. I was 16 year old, you know what I mean? I'm even three foot tall. Aye. So you'd gone out, and if it was cold, the tiny little hairs would stick out. Aye. And you haven't had a shave. And he, he'd try <laughs> holding it. You, you couldn't hold it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Get in there, get the and come out and shave it dry Aye. you know what I mean to teach you a lesson I just got one of them uh, portable not the electrics. electric ones. Sorry. did that on the morning like cause I used to cut myself a little bit like Aye.
1: the um one of the sort of the failed exercises just before you finish like your leadership stuff I remember one morning um somewhere in Wales I'm in the river shaving and one of my mates went look up the river <laughs> He's one of the other lads, Peter. it, it. <laughs> <laughs> <He's> like brilliant. <laughs> Shame with his eye. So so you like basic training then I? Aye? aye. Um then that goes on to phase two. Um, is that
0: your uh, sort of job? Like your professional job, I
1: um and our John's an aircraft engineer. Um so that goes to Sultan, which is in Portsmouth. And you do six months basic training on a uh, basic engineering training. And we do it on Wessex helicopters. Um so you'd go in and just do various like tasks on it, like take an alternator out or change a back wheel or whatever. And there'd be instructors there. And then by the end of the six months, your final assessment is like two days in the hangar where you get given a job card and you just go and do the jobs. And then they'll come at the end of it and inspect it. And if it's if it's like satisfactory, they'll sign off. Because as a, as a junior engineer, everything you do is checked, but they want you to do it on your own. Mm. Um so that six months is basically just getting you to a stage that you understand what a hydraulic system is you know what an engine how an engine works how many components is in it etc um and then that's like phase two alpha if you like and then you move on to your second phase two which is a specialization so in them days it was lynx helicopters seeking helicopters or sea harriers um and i went lynx helicopter so that's another six months so your phase two training was about a year um and a hydraulic system is a hydraulic system. A fuel system is a fuel system. So you just learn the basic sort of component part of it. And then when you get on your professional, what you're going to work on, that's the intricacies of that helicopter. Um,
0: Lynx Helicopters are good, are huh?
1: Lynx Helicopters, I. Right. Um, and then at the end of that, you do three exams, or you did three exams, mechanical, electrical, and radio, where you, you sort of assessed doing jobs. Um, and then there's another exam, which is a paperwork exam. So you sign stuff, which is your first column, and then your boss would sign it off. So you do, like, the paperwork exam as well. And at the end of that, you got given you, your sort of tickets to... To start. ..to fix them on your own, eye.
0: And where did you end up?
1: I posted first down to Osprey, which was down in Portland. Um, and I was there for about eight months. And that station closed, and we moved up to Yorvalton. So Osprey was specifically Lynx, cos it's right on the so- south coast. So when the warships deploy anywhere, the helicopter would literally jump on the back of the ship and then deploy. Um, But the station closed down and we moved up to Yeovilton and that's where we shared with the Sea King and the Sea Harrier. So the station was massive then. Um, And then it's just a case of of, of bouncing between your your squadrons. So if you were second line, you'd do that for two, three years. And then you go front line, which is the ship side of it. So 702 squadron, 815 squadron. If you went on 815, you'd get assigned to a ship. But if the ship wasn't going anywhere, you wouldn't go anywhere. So it was just a different mm. Um, But in my time, I did six months in the Caribbean uh, on a drugs, sort of counter-drugs. Any good? It was hard. Like you say to, to your mates and stuff, I've been in the Caribbean for six months. Um, but you're doing like 10 days at sea, two days in. So it's typical military, like the first day in, you just get as drunk as you can. Mm. Second day, you're all hungover and then the, before you know it, you're back at sea. yeah. So I've seen 14 Caribbean islands, but all I've seen is the first pub in the dockyard.
0: <laughs> so I've not done any sightseeing. We had, we had a guy on Carl uh, Mark, and he, he was telling us, that he did that, like, and it's the same crap, anything in it, you just yeah. can somewhere. Yeah. I've just been on hold, and it's, it's exactly the same. Aye. I was drunk when I got there, and <laughs> I, now I'm home. I can't remember anything about it. No. So what made you think about leaving? Then?
1: When I transferred across? Yeah. Um, in the Navy at the time, you couldn't join as a crewman. Um, so a crewman's the lad in the back of the helicopter and he'll come down on the wire and uh, sort of rescue people who's in trouble mm. on the sea or on mountains or whatever um, that was a sideways job so you had to be in and then once you got promoted to leading hand you could transfer across internally um, so I did that and I was on the Sea Kings um, and I had a flight in an RAF Chinook and just loved it so I applied to transfer to work on the Chinook so do the same job Um so I went across to uh, Cranwell in Lincoln for my uh, selection. And it's officer and air crew selection centre. So it's the same sort of three days for uh, an air crewman, airman or an officer. The interview might be different, but the leadership sides and stuff. Um, so I went across to do that and I failed the eye test. Did you? Aye. Um, and I said, but i do the job. And they said, but to join us, you've got to have eyesight as if you were going to fly a typhoon. You could do the job, but we can't accept you on your eyesight now. Um, so they sent us downstairs, sort of your thoughts and stuff. Um, excuse me, and they said, "Have you thought about being an officer?" And I was like, "No." Um, so I remember ringing me boss, but at and said, "Sir, I've failed the eyesight, but they've offered us this." And he was like, "John, it's a no-brainer for sort of pension and and what have you." So I went for that. Um, pretty big decision to make because mm. um, I love being in the helicopters but I also love being in the Navy so I walked away from both and, and went across to the Air Force past it um, but I remember going back down to Yeovilton while I had to wait for basic training for the officer uh, cadet bit to start and I said to me boss in the Navy can I go and sit the selection to be an officer in the Navy and he said no you're too old um what uh, so uh, world were you then i was 30 um so to be air crew it was 26 or below and i could have been an air cr- uh, sorry an engineering officer if i was better qualified so i was over the age limit to fly and i was under qualified to be an engineer which is why he couldn't sort of allow that mm. um so i think i waited for about six weeks and then i got me me start dates to go and start the uh officer cadet training and where do you do that it's not Sandhurst is it Cranwell oh, yeah. um, so it's in Lincoln again um, that was 10 months sorry yeah 10 months um, Based in, in three different terms so the first term you do exactly what we had done before so the field craft, weapons, iron and all that and then you have a week off and then the second term's all academics so it's all air power conflicts all that sort of historical side of it um, with loads of leadership put in there. Um, leadership, like you'll be out in a group of six or ten. One of yous will be put in charge and you've got to get across this river and you've got three pine poles, you've got a time and et cetera. So all that sort of stuff. Um, and then at the end of it, you've got a, a, a week-long assessment on leadership on that. If you pass that, you move on to term three. And term three is just bringing it all together um, and you'll get put in situations where they'll put you behind the desk and you are the gaffer. Uh, and you'll get st- sort of uh, actors coming in where one's just getting divorced, one's just lost his nan, and you're assessed on how you deal with that. So they're sort of teaching you basic um, military skills, then a bit about your service, and then the last bit is how to be a sort of a junior manager. Mm. Um, and then at the end of that, you grad um, graduate from, from Cranwell, and then again, you'll you'll do your phase two training, whatever that may be, whether you've gone off to be a pilot or you've gone off to be a copper, whatever. And what was yours? I joined as a provost officer, believe it oh or not. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and the the reason I did it... Just
0: wanted to bully people.
1: <laughs> no, honest, honestly, Joe, the, uh, the, the police I'd met in the Navy were, he only had two on board and he basically drove the ship mm. and that was it. So I'd never come across a police officer before. Um, so at Cranwell they told me that everyone would hate us and then when I started phase two training which was back down in uh, Portsmouth they told me that I had to hate everybody and then my first job was at RAF Lucas um, up in just outside St Andrews so I was OC police up there so I had I think it was 30 policemen working for us and I could walk into the bar on a night and clear it and I thought this is this is not me like I've I joined the Navy where I was a helicopter engineer where I used to thieve everything. I did a bit of time in the flying side of it so you'd, you'd, you'd meet all the girls or what have you, and then all of a sudden I could clear a bar. Um, so I did 10 months in that trade, and I went back to my boss and said, look, is there any chance I can remuster? Um, and I remustered into something called fighter control. Um, the Army will probably know it as forward air control. Mm. So you're basically there two two streams of it surveillance side you're monitoring what's coming in the airspace um if there's any issues you, you go through your threat analysis so you'd be scrambling typhoon after it etc um, and there's the weapon side of it they're sort of a lot more engaged so if i find an issue i tell my boss and then there's one more in that chain before we launch aircraft and then it goes into the weapon hand and the weapon is talking to the typhoon pilot. So what the threat is, what missiles, he's, he's going to look to engage. Um, so it's quite a, a punchy job, quite a responsible job. But the main reason I did it is there's an airborne element to it. So we've got something called the E3D, which is the airborne early warning aircraft. People have probably seen it where it looks like one night you go on holiday on with a big smarty on the roof that's the airborne version of my trade um, so my plan was to get in that and start flying again Um so I took maybe six years to get sort of nominated for that did it and that's where I sort of had my first sort of breakdown if you like, so the first sort of inklings of mental health sort of fell in in that point
0: Aye. And that, Are you alright talking about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah Aye, So how did that sort of manifest itself then?
1: I think because, one, I'd put loads of pressure on myself to get there. Um, The course was hard. Like, I wasn't, there's four of you on the course. I wasn't going to win the sword, which is, like, the top top student, but I was getting there. Um, So I was putting loads of pressure on myself with that. And my mother's got a a, a history of sort of drink, and she took an overdose, which was our fourth one. And I came home, and she'd been released by the hospital. Went to, the, went to our house, sitting, talking around her in the house. She's still sitting with a mug of wine. Um, and I just said, I cannot, I cannot do this anymore. Like, I cannot have you sort of in my life. I cannot cope with that side of it. Um, I came away from there, and I was getting the train back to Lincoln. And I remember being on the train platform and the train pulled out. And that one thing where normally you just look at the board, when's the next one? Go and get the next train. That's what, that was sort of the straw and I just collapsed in Newcastle train station, and that was, that was it. I ended up in hospital, um, back down in Lincoln, and then started obviously with the the counselor and the medication and and all that. But what the doctor had said in the in the explanation was, obviously the course was filling me glass up a little bit, then me mum, and then the 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 uh, the train was just the last little bit. Mm. It's
0: just a layering effect, isn't it? That yes. just happens. Like people don't think about it because they just think this happened the ages ago, and then this. But once it gets, it gets to a point where you can't take anymore. That's exactly. You it, know, yeah. and that's there's no wrong with that. it happens yeah. to everyone. Yeah. You know, it just people it manifests differently in, in people, doesn't it? Alright. So that was your first sort of thing. How did you manage to get? Only this. I'm asking this because if you were in the army, uh-huh. from my experience, that would be it. You know, you wouldn't be in a position where it would come back to graft. Yeah, yeah. I mean I don't know what like now. Uh-huh. But you were just frowned on. You would never get promoted. Yeah. You know, if, it, if that got mentioned. So yeah. is it was it different in the
1: RFI? Um I had a bit I didn't I don't think I haven't had any time off to be honest. Yeah. The sort of the 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 hospital, it's D C M H, so the Defence Centre of Mental Health, um it's in it's in with your work. So you'd be going to work, um and then you'd have a medical appointment on Tuesday or something like that. Yeah. So it was sort of interwoven with that. Then they introduced medication and what they looked at was what I was responsible for. So where I said there's two elements of my job or my trade, sorry, mine's surveillance, so I'm finding a renegade aircraft or an aircraft that I would need to look at. I'm not speaking to the pilot and I'm not responsible for any weapons. The weapons side of it, he is talking to the pilot. So if I did that, I'd have had my qualification sort of withdrawn. If you imagine like your driving licence, they took the driving licence off me. I wasn't in any sort of kill chain, so I was fine to do my job and go through the the, the process of getting back on my feet. Mm. Um, but at that point, my sort of we've got a career manager, so he he'll put you in a job that you've asked for if he can, and you'll be in it for two or three years, and then you move around, so you are sort of creating this profile. My career manager had said, "What what do I want to do? What would make me happy?" Um, and I said, if you can send us back to the ground and send us back up to, to Bulma, because the course, be- the, sorry, the job before that, I'd been an instructor, teaching phase two students. I said, if you can send me back there, I'd I'd be happy with that. Um, so I went back to Bulma. Uh, that was a three-year posting, and I was instructing new uh, cadets. So they'd done the basic training and I'm teaching the phase two training. Uh, and then carried on the, the hospital side of it. It was down, at that point, it was down at Catterick, Um And I was going there once a, once a week, then once a fortnight, and then sort of weaned off that. Um, and the medication was sort of written into me notes, which was all fine, because I still wasn't in any sort of kill chain work-wise. But professionally, um, I would rarely handle a weapon, but you still have to do your annual weapons handling test. They took that side off me. Um, so I would do the the yearly course where you do your first aid uh, conference chamber with a gas mask and stuff on, but I wouldn't fire the weapon, so that was withdrawn from yeah. that, and that was the only in in impact really, um, and then the meds stopped, start getting better, and then when you'd been oh, I'd been off them for a while, you have various interviews and stuff with doctors and what have you, and the med cat was upgraded again. Uh, and then I was fully fit. Um and then on the back of that I went out to the the Middle East and did my job sort of in, in anger, if you like. So the I can't speak for the Navy or the or the army, but I know the RAF have looked after me in oh that right. sense.
0: It certainly sounds like they have. Yeah you know. they look after you. So uh, you said that was your first kind of Yeah. Mental, so you had another one, I
1: right? Yeah. Um twenty sixteen I lost my nan. Because um, one thing I didn't realise is once you start suffering from like depression or anxiety or whatever, it's not so much that you can beat it without any sort of form of medication mm. because the way it was explained to me and the way I understand it is my brain's not producing a chemical. So because it's not producing serotonin, I need something to sort of help that. So I think once I recovered from the first one, I think you do get better, but there's a little crack there. And if anything sort of comes along, certainly in my experience for me, Something came along that would impact it because I wasn't fully fixed, in my words. If I wasn't fully fixed, that made it happen again. Um, in the 2016, I lost my nana. Um, and my nan was pretty much my parent and guardian. Like I've said, me my mum had a beer problem, mm. a drink problem. She'd had there all her life. And my dad had gone off with his, his sort of second and third partner. So it was my nan who brought us up, really. Um, she was always me. my sort of... Um, Rock, if you want to use yeah. a cliche, um, and when she passed away, I just didn't know how to deal with that. Um, again, the RAF were brilliant with us because when she was in the hospital, the last sort of ten days when you moved into the critical ward, I moved into the hospital with her, and they gave us as much time off as I wanted. But obviously, losing her that that impacted us again. So I was round again for for more medication and and down to DCMH again. And the co- the, the process starts it starts again. all over again. <laughs> I mean
0: it. I say this to everyone, like, everyone's got mental health problems, you know, and, it, yeah. and it's it's yeah. nothing ever to be ashamed of, because it happens to people, you know, mm-hmm. it, it it happens more severe to, to some people than others, you know, and things, more people can put up with more things, right. you know, but at some stage it gives way, mm-hmm. I've suffered myself, years ago I wouldn't speak about it, yeah. I, you know, I, would, it's only probably in the last seven, eight years, mm-hmm. I've actually Fronted up and spoke about it out loud. I mean, obviously, I'm speaking on camera, and I speak in front of like hundreds of people about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm not bothered about it now. Yeah. But I felt a little bit less of a man, or soft, or whatever word you want to use. You know, because of it. Right. it takes a lot to break that that stigma. I think, like, yeah, those like
1: the um, th- there's certain. T- I, I don't know if it's how you how you brought up or your age or whatever. Uh, colleagues of mine, command chain, bosses of mine, I've seen various sort of reactions to it. Um, one actually said to me, he felt like he was walking on eggshells around me. And I, I apologized to him for that. And that's not for me to apologise. No, 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 do you know what not. I mean? He's in a position of command over me. Mm-hmm. So in in the forces now, it's down to him to go and do a course or, yeah. or whatever and understand what he's got. But by seeing that and putting the pressure back on me, I just stay away from him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Or you've had the other side of it where the I've got a, a, a boss, I think it's probably six years since I've I've been under his command. Every Christmas day, for example, he'll text us and say, How are you doing? Or every so often I'll get a message, to say, John, how are you doing? There's a difference. Mm. Do you know, I don't need anything from the guy who thinks he's wanting an shells. Just be ordinary. Do you know what I mean? If you've if you've got a joke, tell us it. No. If if I've got a face like a smacked ass one day, make a comment about it yeah. but by sort of almost excluding us yeah. i feel more in michelle yeah. um, so there's, there's a difference and we have i mean i did two courses in the last six months for me to help with it you know what i mean we have got a lot of stuff out there now i sort of tentatively think sometimes it can be seen as we're doing this just for sure um because it's popular at the minute where if I want to sit in a room with one person and and talk about it, I, I can be a little bit nervous then. Um, but definitely, the the there's things out there that people can do to, to, oh, there to make goes. themselves more aware of it. I
0: think uh, the more it gets spoke about, the better it is yeah. for everyone. Because like I've got lads who are not ex-military, and because of the stuff that I've sort of brought out now, mm-hmm. they are talk about. Yeah, it, you know, and, and I think that's great. because everyone at some stage you're pissed off you know what I mean yeah. it's, it, and it's just how you deal with it and if you if people understand that uh-huh. I think it's a lot easier
1: for everyone yeah I think from I mean I've done 24 years now and the numbers that we've been cut down to all three forces all achieve and it's not in our nature to say no I can't so we've cut the numbers down but you're still given the output mm. that's got a massive thing on it I think because you, you put that much pressure on yourself to achieve, you're doing two or three jobs, you're spinning plates everywhere. That's the bit that I think militarily wise maybe isn't understood from an outside point of view. So the we have got lots of people in the forces who are under care of various hospitals. And I think it's because we haven't as yet ever said, no I can't. Mm. We'll always achieve because that's what it's ingrained into us. We haven't got any union or, or whatever. Um, and I think that's why you start to see the cracks yeah. now because I've I've had quite a few people under my command who have, have ended up in hospital.
0: You right, like you can't say no, can you? It's just got to be done. No, it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. what happens; it's just got to be done. Yeah. Whether you're working twenty four hours a day or it just that has to be done because because exactly. they've, they've just told you it's got to be done. Yeah. And some of the shit like after it's <laughs> 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 ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's painful for myself that some of the, that I'm not very good at taking anyway. But things when you're told to do stuff that you thought oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, fucking
1: way, I've still got the stories of painting grass and painting tarmac. I we talked about it the other day. Talked about it the other day. Fucking
0: even when I was on holiday the there, like because we were all in depot together, and uh, the Queen come and we had to pick leaves up, and it was like a force ten gale. Yeah, e- you know, in autumn, yeah. just leaves <laughs> no. everywhere, and we you had to pick them all up. Yeah, the Queen must never see leaves on the floor. Yeah, she thinks that i will stay in the trees
1: And smell paint. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. I've done all that, um, and we've had a swill. Water off the flight deck of a ship as well, off a d- in a force eight gale. Uh-huh. So the waves are coming over, and you are trying to brush it off as fast as it's coming. It's, on. Coming <laughs>
0: uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't know, I don't know why they did. It's probably just went on for that many years. People just stick yeah. with it. Character building. Well, uh, uh, that's, that's what they say. It's right? character building. So um, after you sort of got better, or you you were feeling better, how? So that was two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, and we're at twenty twenty now. So. You, because I met you last year, mm-hmm. two thousand nineteen. So what happened between sixteen and
1: nineteen? Um So I went back up to. I've been based at Bulmer more or less that full time right. um, because because of what the unit does. There's the bunk a bit that when I brought.
0: I was gonna see it. Come speak about it. Yeah, Cause yeah. Because was like can't. fucking James Bond. Uh, yeah, you it was can, like I. I'm not sure if I was allowed to see what we'd seen. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. But uh, so we went up. No, of course, you can't you? Yeah. And, and and you said like we just gone into that little kind of a bungalow thing and yeah. then underneath it was like seeing off a of James Bond film
1: yeah yeah just
0: loads of machines and that it was mad like definitely everyone spoke about it when we have been back uh-huh. telling people like nah, in their in the coffee mornings we are having that yeah it was just mad like
1: <laughs> well Joe said he hadn't seen it so if you want to spin one up again I right. I'm, I'm not there now I'm at Shawbury now All right. Um but if anybody wants to come up I'll, I'll organise a visit
0: oh we definitely um, would I because I, I was amazed yeah, I was yeah. amazed because obviously you said just like going in that bungalow uh-huh. and then you in a thing went downstairs and it was fucking, just like I said, James Bond.
1: Yeah, because of that that's what that unit does, so that's its output. Um, so there's the bungalow bit, which is the bunker, and then there's the school, which teaches it. So if you think back when I said the Navy had two hangars in the same place, it's very similar. So for a, a sort of someone working there, you either do the job operationally or you go across the road and you teach it. So you can sort of flip-flop Those two or three years, you can flip-flop backwards and forwards without really moving station. Um, At the end of that two or three years, you'll normally do an out-of-area. So we do the Fultons quite a lot because the station down there is still sort of looking around to see if anybody's coming at that airspace. Um, And then you'll come back and you'll move, move trade. So I taught it. Then I went down the bunker to do it. Then I came back. I was in... In charge, if you like, I was uh, looking after 16 instructors and I was their sort of boss, so that was my first sort of uh, introduction to command. Looked after that, then I went back down the bunker in an executive role, which was the the sort of, again, looking after a team downstairs. And then I came back upstairs after that one um, and I was actually put in charge of a squadron, which I think I was doing when you came up um, in an acting job so I sort of held held acting squadron commander for seven months Um, and then just before I moved down to Shropshire I went into another office and what that office was sort of the surveillance standards so it was like if you imagine Ofsted so I was just looking after what the output was of the surveillance team what the instructors are doing and making sure that they'd kept up to date with all the qualifications all the courses and stuff that they had to do um, and then obviously I moved down to Shropshire in the same role, and that's that's what I'm doing now. And, and are you thinking of staying in, getting out, doing...? Like I said, I've done 24 up to now, um, and the way I've done that is obviously I did the term in the Navy, but you get given a 22-year uh, contract. I did 10 years of that, and then when I transferred across the Air Force as an officer, we do 16 years. So I brought 10 with us, realistically i could have done six and left with full pension but i was given 16 so that would have took us a 10 plus 16 to 26 and then recently they put an extra four years on that so my 16 went to 20 so i've got a contract for another six years if i wanted or i can leave now with 24 years in and claim me full pension Mm. so if i'm being honest with you at the minute i am looking at potentially coming out um i'm 43 44 next week uh and I fancy trying something else. Um, So I mentioned earlier, I've gone into the schools and done various talks. I really enjoy that side of it. Um, And romanticising a little bit, when I went onto the warship down in the river when I was sort of 10, 11, and that one sailor sort of told his stories, I thought, I want to do this. If I'm in a classroom environment where, maybe as I go back down the east end or whatever, and I can tell various stories of where I've been, what I've done you might get one or two mm. sort of joining up and I love the idea of that um, so I'm going to keep sort of volunteering at the schools and I've, I've got an active eye sort of on, on teaching assistant jobs it's just a case of at the minute which I know we've spoke about in the past and a load of people who've sort of involved with veterans in crisis it's making that jump No oh, it and it's, it's scary
0: Oh, I did. Well, I mean, you've done it for 24 years, so yeah. t- it's going to be scary. But I mean, we ho- hopefully we're putting a bit into uh, sort of mentor kids who's a bit troubled, you know. Because I came up with the idea because, in all honesty, veterans and troubled kids are quite similar, Yeah. you know what I mean? And, and I think it'll be a good mix, yeah. you know, because. Literally, everyone swears. You know, people. T- you, we, you get sport you now. Like an adult does, my for a kid at school. Yeah. You know, you get. It's going to be a totally different environment. Mm-hmm. I don't mean, know what off will think about. I like, but yeah. the, the kind of way we would run it. Uh-huh. It would be like that, and then we would hope that maybe they would be interested in joining the forces, yeah. and because of that, then hopefully the forces will give us money yeah. for doing that. Uh-huh. You know, because I need to find the money to pay for this building. Yeah, I'm looking at all kinds of avenues of different things that we can sort of get funding for. Yeah, and. Basically, I'm not giving myself any limitations. I'm, I'm thinking of everything, like, because yeah. it needs paying for, so uh-huh. it doesn't matter. It really matter. I've got a m- meeting at the end of the month that there might something might happen of taking Vicks to Essex, mm-hmm. moving across the whole of Essex. Right. If that comes off, brilliant. I've been asked to do a, a speech about homelessness down in London mm-hmm. for a couple of days in March. I mean, all these uh, opportunities that. Hopefully, that we can make Vicks grow, you know. Not for my personal benefit because I'm happy be here. I'd, yeah. I'd rather just be in Sunderland. Yeah. But if I, and we need the money, so I'll just prostitute myself. I'll just do it. I'll just do it for a bit, you know. I, I, you know, I don't want to, I would never want to be like the head of a massive organization. Yeah. I'm happy just being in Sunderland. Yeah. You know, that, I, that would day me for the rest of my career. Like, yeah. Uh, but if it did grow and it was big and, you know, great. But I like being in here with the clients and that. Mm-hmm. That's why I did it. You know, I don't want to be just sitting in the office and not relating to people. I yeah. have too much of a laugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I want. Yeah. I want to come to work and the that, that atmosphere. I want to, I want other people to come to work and think, oh, it's going to be great at work today because you spend more time at work than you do at home, so you might as well have a laugh when you're there. Yeah. And the the beauty of this building is the clients are in. So the clients are in and out all the time, different conversations. And you can see that they're cheered up by it Yeah. rather than being sitting at home by themselves. Yeah. I mean, some of them... At nine o'clock in the morning, leave at five. Yeah, it's great by me. You know, I, I, I much prefer somebody doing that than sitting at home because mm-hmm. you sit at home, then you think you're drinking, taking drugs, or even if you're not doing any of them, you can feel depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking daytime telly man, it's yeah. not good, is it? It's no good, even though they're watching Netflix and that downstairs. It's not it's not loose women. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: And you're in and around various people as yeah. well, rather than just sitting in the house yeah. Going, yeah, and
0: there's food for them, yeah. and right. our people will look, enough, you know, f- like Morrisons and Greggs and stuff give us food all the time, all so right. people can not only... We don't call them food parcels, we call them a ration, a ration Yeah, right? So it's different, uh-huh. even though it's the same, uh-huh. so they can take a bag of food away with them, or they can just make food downstairs. It's an idea, like... Yeah, definitely. And something, something that... I think that's been needed mm. and i think the way that we do it it's different than anybody else and i think that's what's caught the imagination of the public like yeah or at least the the veteran population definitely because okay. everyone said that they've never even though they've been the uh, the legion or helpful heroes or whatever uh-huh. it's been out like this like and i hope it carries on like that yeah, like. definitely right. and i hope everything in the future works out for you as well mate because uh i've really enjoyed chatting with you and Obviously, if you do leave, uh-huh. come here. You don't have to be in crisis. Yeah. Just come here not around anywhere. No, and do. hopefully volunteer or hopefully help us with if we get this contact to the, uh, teach the kids and stuff.
1: Anything you need, mate. Oh, brilliant.
0: Thank you very much for coming, mate. Cheers, Joe. Cheers, man. Thanks. Thanks.